Who's the correct running back to start from the 49ers? Why has Allen Robinson had a career year while people are calling for Mitch Trubisky's head? And what do you need to know before you set your lineups in the first leg of the championship round? Plus the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship regular season 13th place winner Charles Ellison hangs out with us to talk about whether streaming is dead starting the correct players on deep rosters, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Everybody, if you got what it takes, because I'm KRX and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics, Anger, Zach, and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, of course, presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your, I am your slightly above-average host, maybe not tonight, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle. He is Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to give you the latest on Le'Veon Bell's potential absence, why Sam Darnold might be the correct play over Drew Brees, and Charles Ellison drops by to talk about managing his 13th place team in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship to the top for that $250,000 grand prize. Dave, we are here. It is December. The championship round is upon us. It began last night with a great, uh, well, quasi-great Bears-Cowboys game. Thrilled that in the Blake Carrington Dynasty League, oh, a league let's, I let's, have let's never won it. a playoff game, Dave. Right, let's go. Hear it. Uh, it was the best of both worlds. It was a tale of two cities, as I had Allen Robinson going. It was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. And the Cowboys' defense going. What, they got a six? Yeah, I think so. Not I, great. I think I like a one or a negative one in uh, Kentucky. Oh, really? Oh, so it was the Cowboys and... Uh, Bears. Yeah, one of them got a one. One got a negative one in Kentucky. Oh, okay. Um, who would you have started this week, Cowboys at Chicago or the Patriots against the Chiefs? Uh, I, I probably would have gone with the Cowboys. All right. I feel uh, better yeah. about it now. Yeah, I mean, I think he has... You, know, you never know what Trubisky you're going to get. And last night you got the 35.55 fantasy points, Trubisky. We're going to talk about him coming up in the show with uh, Charles Ellison. Also coming up on uh, tonight's show, uh, we're going to get into um, I, no games tonight. We have a lot of start-sick questions for people who are wondering what they should do with their lineups or with the championship round. It's really playoffs uh, in general. There's a lot of playoff stuff going on. And speaking of which, you can sign up 
for the FFPC Playoff Challenge, a $500,000 grand prize, $1.12 million prize pool at just $200 in entry. You can also register for the Football Guys Playoff Challenge. It's the first year uh, that that is going on, the FFPC and Football Guys combining on another great uh, collaboration. $100,000 grand prize, $300,000 in that prize pool at just $35 in entry. If you can't get enough of Eric Balkman, hey, check me out on the High Stakes Lowdown podcast. Uh, rotoviz.com slash podcast. You can also go to the Blue Wire Podcast Network, Apple Podcast. Paul Friel, former WCOF, $250,000, excuse me, $200,000 winner back in uh, 2005. We had him on this week. He's 12th place overall in the main event right now, so he's gunning for another six-figure grand prize. That's awesome. Hey, dude, do you remember, what, remember back when uh, High Stakes Contest had grand prizes of like 200 grand? And that, and, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was funny way back then. And that was a big deal. I know, that was a big deal back then. Right. But now, of course, all the premier contests have half-million-dollar grand prizes. <laughs> the, the FFPC has a $500,000 grand prize. The FFPC Playoff Challenge has a $500,000 grand prize. I mean, 200000 though, should be the bare minimum for a, for a high-stakes contest. I want to move on from this, okay? All right, I, I guess so. Do we have uh, any other announcements that we can make on the show tonight about another grand yeah, prize? Yeah, I have an announcement to make. Um, sure. You know, last week... you keep it clean? Last week in Gridiron Legends, uh, the oh, Dynasty boy. League, I, 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 you know, politely offered, asked advice whether I should start Sam Darnold or Tom Brady, and the, both you and the guests, gave me this great insight to start Sam Darnold. Right. And uh, he scored, you know, 12.85 fantasy points as I inserted him into the lineup. Brady scored 28.6. And you know what? That cost me a playoff berth. I didn't make the playoffs. And on top of that, I traded away my first-round pick for next year uh, for Andy Isabella. So that's going to be a great trade. Okay, that was a bad trade. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I'm not blaming you or anything. It was my decision. But, oh, my goodness, I really blew it there. Dave, I will say this. I am the highest scoring team in said dynasty league. Yeah, in that league where you, 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 you torpedoed my team, and now you're in the playoffs. And if there's one team I did not want to face in the playoffs, it was Leroy's Aces. Yeah, whatever. Owned by the Dizzle. You totally screwed me. And I realized I can't beat this guy straight up. I have to, I have to bring in some malfeasance and skullduggery. And so I told you on the air, hey, start Sam Darnold. Didn't I trust, work out. I trusted you. I know, and that was your mistake. Um, the other thing we do have to cover, though, is, uh, yeah, we do have the FFPC Playoff Challenge, which all playoff challenges should be at a half-million-dollar grand prize. <laughs> Just kidding, because there's also the Football Guys Playoff Challenge, right. which that one's a bargain base and $35 to enter and a $100,000 grand prize for first. Um, but we, so, we have, yeah, we're having two playoff contests uh, this year. With, uh, we're working with David Dobbs and Joe Bryant, the great people at Football Guys. $100,000 grand prize for that one. And then we have the good old FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge, uh, half million dollar grand prize, over a million dollar prize pool, two hundred bucks to enter. That one's a little bit more high stakes. Right. Uh, hundred and fifty entry limit is the limit. Oh, okay. I was gonna. That was my next question. So you yeah. can enter up to hundred and fifty times. And you got to join now. I mean, these things are getting close to sold out. We're at a uh, you know three point nine percent sold out for the main uh, the FFPC one and four point seven nine percent on the football guys. And and yeah, okay. So you obviously you're kidding when you say that. Hey, it's gonna sell out soon. But I will say this: once these once everybody gets their winnings from after week 16 and those get deposited accounts, these entries will sell fast. So make sure you get your, your spot in. Now, our guest tonight, Charles Elson, is actually going to talk about the playoff challenge. He came close to winning it back in 2017. Nice. And he says it is his favorite contest that the FFPC offers. It is, it is super fun. I mean, it's a good time. And uh, people actually, I mean, we didn't really announce this, not a huge deal, but if you want any $35 credits, you can use those for the football game. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, How about not, that? Yeah, but they'll, they'll, those will be kind of released, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. in week 16. Okay. But if you, you know, if you want one of those $35 leagues, you can take a 
you have the option of taking two hundred dollars in cash and four thirty five dollar credits, which is a pretty sweet you know prize option. That is very sweet, very sweet. It's, I mean, it's much better than like three hundred bucks cash, in my opinion. <laughs> I totally agree. So, totally agree. All right, enough of the salesy stuff. But I mean. I actually believe all that. Right, exactly. You usually just try and sell it. I no, no, I'm it. trying to sell it because I believe in it. <laughs> I believe in Harvey Dent, and I believe in this playoff contest. I believe the Gridiron Legends League sucks. I will agree with that if I don't win it. Thanks to football guys, Roto World and Rob, for tonight's rundown. Dalvin Cook practiced today, according to Chris Thomason on Twitter. Dalvin Cook missed uh, most of the Monday night game against the Seahawks with that chest injury, uh, something he aggravated. Uh, again, in week 13, it looks like he's going to be good to go this week. He's over 1,000 yards on the season. He should have a big week this week as he is uh, going up against Detroit, who, uh, if you remember, in uh, earlier this week, uh, year, 149 yards rushing as well as two touchdowns. Dave, this is kind of interesting. Um, how do you handle this Vikings situation? If Cook is active, um, you're obviously playing him. What if it's announced that both Cook and Madison are expected to share the carries? Would you start Cook? Would you start Madison? Would you start both? Uh, I'd probably lean towards Cook unless, unless it was, there was a, just a hint more negativity about Cook. I would probably just go with Cook. I feel pretty decent about starting him actually. Okay, fair enough. And when you say a hint more of negativity, if there if that hint existed, Dave, if it was out there, how would you handle it then? Yeah, you know, if they said something like, you know, Dalvin Cook's going to play, but they're not sure how long he's going to go, um, or he's going to be on a limited snap count, yeah, so something snap like count that. Thing. That gets, I mean, again, it gets really tough. I mean, it depends on who says it. So, I don't know. At that point, I'm not sure. Is there any chance that he's active but not the starter? Yeah, there's always a chance. I mean, I mean is it likely, I guess? I don't think it's likely. Okay. I think he's going to play. I mean, he, he himself said earlier in the week that he sounded confident about playing. So, I, which I found it a little odd that he left that game, but whatever. Uh, he's a former Noel. I have no, no qualms about him gutting it out for a 100-yard performance. I would play him if he's active. Even though he didn't tweet for Matt Breida practiced in full for the second straight day yesterday. i got to get the practice update on him today. Um, this according to NorlandSaints.com. Sounds like Breida's going to be back out on the field this week, which is good for Breida owners, or is it? Because Raheem Mostert looked really good last week. You have Tevin Coleman in this backfield, who has been the lead dog for most of the season. He wasn't last week. Uh, and then you know, still have Jeff Wilson going around there. Dave, how do you handle this 49ers running back situation? Is 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 the easiest answer also the correct one and that you just avoid it completely? Yeah, I mean, I would. I, um, I wouldn't start Coleman. Breed is a tough start coming back off injury. I guess you could go look at Moster. But, if you, but, I mean, if you're in the playoffs at this point, you should have better options. I mean, hope, you know, maybe not. I mean, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But um, I, I guess I would go with Radio Raheem, possibly. I Radio do. Raheem. The guy I lean with. What's know. that from again? That's from Do the Right Thing. Do the right Radio thing. Raheem, love and hate. Yes. Okay. Oh, that was Radio Raheem. Yeah, Got that it. was like Spike Lee's only good movie. Okay. He's been living off that for 30 years. Um, He's had other good movies. Didn't he do um? Eh. Didn't he do uh Inside Man? Who knows? Let's talk. Higher about Learning was good. Yeah, that was good. That was pretty good. Yeah, I liked Higher Learning. Um, <laughs> this This is not on our rundown. I want to bring this up now. John Gruden said Josh Jacobs did not do much at practice today. He's officially questionable. Remember, Dave, he has this fractured shoulder, and it sounds like he's going to be a game-time decision. Guys that would be ready to step in, I'm sure, are not owned in a ton of places. However, waivers are closed, which is uh, problematic for a lot of Jacobs owners. DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard are going to be ready to go if Jacobs cannot play for the first time all season. Uh, Trent Brown's out at uh, right tackle, so they're going to be running a backup there. How do you handle this Jacobs thing? If, if he's active, are you playing him? If they say, like, yeah, he's, he's on the active roster, he's going to go, you've got to play him, right? 
Um, I, or or I would, would you look him, elsewhere? I would play him with a lot of trepidation. I mean, you don't want to. I don't want to play anyone with a fractured shoulder. I'm sorry, I just don't want to do it. Right. I, I I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like that'd be a good decision for the team to do. So I I don't see why they'd put him out there. So I. I I mean, what are they playing for at this point? Nothing. I mean, pride, really. I mean, Gruden's got a long-term contract. What does he care? Um, Yeah, I think I don't think they I don't think they should play him. I mean, why would you Why would you risk this this young man? He's a really good player. Right. Um, Yeah, I I think they should. And the fact they said he didn't do much means uh, meaning that he's not going to play. That's the way I'd I'd be leaning that he's not playing and look elsewhere. This (laughs) this dynasty league I'm in. Uh, my top two running backs are James Conner and Josh Jacobs. Needless to say, I did not make the playoffs this year, and uh, I'm, I'm not too worried about if he plays or not. But there's a lot of people out there that uh, are worried if he's going to play. Raiders are home dogs this week, Dave, as they take on the Tennessee Titans. Total in that game, 47.5. They are three-point underdogs. It is a 425 start. So if, if you are rolling the dice here, it is going to be quite the roll because <laughs> you are not going to have a lot of options if you uh, choose. I think you've got to look elsewhere at this point. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think that's a smart call. Um, moving on here, Eli Manning. Oh, my God, it's 2019, yeah, and we're back. talking about Eli Manning. <laughs> he is very likely to start against the Eagles uh, on Monday night, according to Pat Shermer, who, for now, is the Giants' head coach. Uh, Eli Manning, he is going to make that Monday night game a little bit more watchable. I can tell you I, I was looking at a lot of my playoff matchups this week. Most of them are going to be decided Sunday night, Dave. Not a lot of skin in the game on Monday night between the Giants and the Eagles. Um, Giants, maybe they try to win one for him. Maybe they, they try to get behind this two-time quarterback that sort of was, was attempted to be railroaded out of there. And let's look at the offensive weapons Eli has, Valky. Well, we should bring about this today. List them off, yeah, baby. For the first time this season, the Giants will have on the field all at the same time, for the first time in 2019, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Evan Engram. Engram is supposed to be playing. Golden Tate is officially out of the concussion protocol. It looks like he's going to be out there. Eli Manning's a quarterback. No, you got a team. <laughs> Seriously, though. It's an inter- you know, I'm actually kind of interested in the spread on this one because I usually give Farrell my one pick of the week, and um, I, I'm not sure. You know, this is a it's a 10-point – they're 10-point dogs, the Giants are. So I'm kind of interested in the Giants at plus 10 against it. The Schmeagles, you know, they, they don't blow anybody out. It's no. a divisional game. I know, and I know it doesn't really technically matter – doesn't matter for the Eagles. I mean, they, they're looking for a division title. Are they five and seven and looking at a division title possibly? Dave, yeah, that is correct. Right this now, is the worst division in football. Listen to this. Far. Listen to this. Not only are uh, the uh, not only are they in the hunt for a division title, but the Cowboys are in first place in that division at six and seven. Mm-hmm. Now I want to run this by you. And this is insane, and I, I agree that it is insane. But I want to run this by you. Maurice Jones-Drew. NFL Network, Maurice Jones-Drew, yep. former running back for the Jaguars, yep. in the bold prediction segment for NFL.com, predicted that Dwayne Haskins would win his third straight game in Lambeau this week. Yeah, they, plus 13. The, no, he said straight up. I know, that, but they are plus 13. They are plus 13. Yeah. If that happens, Washington would go to 4-9, and nine, Dave, and they would be two games out of a playoff berth. The Washington Redskins, who fired Jay Gruden, a month or so ago, right. are on the well. I want to say they're on the cusp of the playoffs. <laughs> but man, if they beat the Packers this weekend, anything is possible. To well, quote speak, Kevin Garnett. Speaking of anything is possible, the Giants are technically not eliminated from the playoffs. Huh? Yeah, they're two and ten, I think, and they could go six and ten and win the division. That's it's <laughs> unbelievable how bad that that and that uh, division is. Too bad we can't flex out Monday night games. Um, the only reason I bring this up, as far as not necessarily with Manning, but as far as Barkley. Shepard, Tateco, are you doing anything differently with those guys than you would have been had Daniel Jones been the starter? 
Well, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I actually wish Jones was starting. He, I, I think he's a better quarterback. I'll tell you who I don't uh, – I, I agree, and I'll tell you who I'm glad. Well, tell me. Saquon Barkley, because Eli Manning is going to be throwing him about 15 targets Probably this game. will. Probably so will. So that, that's great if you're a Barkley owner. Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good about starting Tate. I don't, I'm not really a big Sterling Shepard guy, so I, I think Tate might do all right. Ingram, if you're desperate, uh, I, I can see starting him. Oh, I think you've got to play him. I don't think you've got to play him. I mean, it's, it's tight end's kind of a wasteland. Uh, let's do it. It is. I mean, yeah. There's not a lot that there's not a lot that are in that range. I mean, he's kind of like in that middle-ish to the to upper tier. Let me um, do a, a quick "Would you rather" here with. Uh, Before you say anything, I'll yeah. just tell you. I would start Hunter Henry, Ertz, Kittle. Uh, I would start um, Austin Hooper ahead of him. Yeah, yeah I agree then, with all those. I was so going to go okay. a little bit deeper. So yeah. So and then who's who else is there? Jack Doyle. Okay, so that's in that general range of okay, whatever, like right around there. What about uh, Jared Cook? Uh, who is Cook uh, has a tough matchup. Yeah, at home against the Niners. I probably would still start Cook, though, because he's been playing, and he's been getting targeted. Ryan Griffin at home against the Finns. No, Griffin might miss. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, Gesicki in that same game. Gesicki is interesting, actually. Um, supposedly, I think Draft Sharks says something about uh, the Jamal Adams missing or something, so I might start Gesicki. He's been really hot, and Fitzpatrick flings it all over the place. We have a question for uh, regarding that later on in the show, so I don't want to spoil it. Last one, Vance McDonald at the Cardinals. No, I'd start Ingram for sure. Over Ingram. Okay. All right. Oh, you would start Ingram over him. I got it. Yeah, I would start Ingram. Uh, Rudolph, co-kid, wondering about Rudolph. Kyle, Kyle Rudolph? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would play Rudolph over Ingram. And Rudolph's at home. He's at home against the and Lions. Thielen's going to miss again. I'd start right. Rudolph. Rudolph's yeah. been getting a lot of targets with Thielen now. Or is, yeah, I, you, pre, you don't listen to the ESPN Fantasy Focus podcast. Of course. Former uh, FSGA announcer of the year, Field Yates, uh, calls Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> it's a very German. Oh man, it's it's just fingernails on the chalkboard every time I hear. It. Hey, we got Charles Ellison uh, just coming up here, the uh, 13th place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. Last thing I want to do before we get to him is talk about this Le'Veon Bell situation. Uh, Adam Gase says he is quote unsure if uh, Bell is going to be available for the Week 14 game against the Dolphins, according to Manish Mehta on Twitter. Uh, Bell did not practice today. It's his second straight DNP, uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, obviously players usually gut out illnesses rather than injuries, or they're more likely to gut out illnesses over injuries. But Gase wouldn't say that Bell is going to be out there. They said uh, Gase did say that the, the team would have more information on Saturday. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, when he's been healthy and out there, hasn't been great. 3.2 yards per carry this year, um, but he's been getting a lot of action. Bilal Powell and Ty Montgomery are behind him, Dave. And they're playing the Dolphins. And they're playing the Dolphins. Huge faves. Um, obvious Maybe th- not that huge. Obvious Five thing minutes. here is if Bell is active, you're playing Bell. If he is not active, are you looking at either Ty Montgomery or Bilal Powell as your second flex in an FPC or FFPC main event? I would not be looking. I really would hope I would not be looking. Even though it's against the Dolphins. Well, yeah, even though it's against the Dolphins, I would hopefully have a better option because those guys, neither one of them can be trusted. Can you trust Ty Montgomery? Again, when you're in the the championship championship round, round, you have 30 30 possibilities, right? Weeks 14, 15, and 16, you have 10 roster slots, 10 starters. You do not want to spend one of your 30 on a guy like Ty Montgomery. Powell I could kind of see, but I would not be enthusiastic about it. Okay. If you're really die in dire straits, but I, don't, I can't see someone winning a half million dollars with uh, Bill Al Powell in week 14. Right. I, I'm with it's you. Po- it's possible. He could get a 20. I'm going to throw one last thing at you here, and I don't think I'm going to change your mind, but I'm going to say it instead, or just in case. The New York Jets are five-point favorites in this game at home against the Dolphins. Total on this game is at 46. Yeah, I, I understand all that. Okay, not I mean, change your mind. That's fine. Uh, they're not. I mean, that's actually not that great of a. You know, it's not a, that big of a favorite. 
Five-point favorite the in a pack, game. The Packers are 13-point favorites. Right. The Eagles are 10-point favorites. And by the way, the Packers are 13-point favorites. I think Jones and Williams are going to be great this week. So do I. Okay. But, I mean, those are legitimate players that have legitimately scored points. And the Jets Ty are Montgomery's not. are you know, scoring like 1.5 points when he plays. Right. I mean, um, he's had weeks like that. I'm with you. All right. I, on, I feel on. like I'm, I'm fighting. I'm, I'm, I'm Wasting play, time and we should be able to No, no, no. I'm not, yes, oh, we're going to. I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate here because I am with you. Yeah, I, 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 can't, yeah. I can't, you know, in good conscience start either of those guys. I can in good conscience, though, bring on tonight's guest. He started small in fantasy football, playing cash leagues in fantasy seven years ago, had some success, and he has been building on that success ever since. I typically likes to play between 10 and 12 redraft leagues. He actually cut back this year because of the birth of his daughter. Congratulations. He was in first place at one point in the 2017 playoff challenge before he faded during conference championship weekend. He's also added dynasty to his fantasy football mix recently as well. He, uh, Dave, this is good. Uh, you love him. He uh, likes taking on orphans in dynasty leagues and rebuilding oh, well, them. Well, you've got about 500 coming. This yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, he enjoys that, but not as much as he enjoys entering the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship championship round in 13th place. Please welcome onto the show Mr. Charles Ellison. Charles, thanks so much for doing the show tonight, and welcome aboard. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you coming on. So, you know, this is – I've never been this high – in a uh, championship round ever at this point. I, well, I guess I was in Kentucky, but you're talking about three or 400 teams. With this one, you're talking about 8,400 teams, Charles, and you're in 13th place coming into the championship round. This, you, this is probably the most excited, well, I mean, I guess outside of the playoff challenge a couple of years ago, probably the most excited you've ever been about fantasy football at this point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been a, uh, a wild ride all the way uh, through the season. You know, started, uh, started, you know, steady, and then things really picked up in the mid-range uh, weeks and we kind of build in from there. So uh, yeah, it's really excited to see what, what lies ahead for the next couple of weeks. Charles, uh, first of all, congratulations on the birth of your daughter. That is awesome news. And, and in addition to your family life, well, you don't have to tell us about your family life if, unless you want to, but what do you do as far as uh, your work life uh, when you're not playing uh, fantasy football? Yes, yeah, so I work for a uh, power company uh, for the past that uh, were for about six years there. I served as the communications manager at a nuclear power plant. Uh, so that, that was a really interesting experience. And uh, but these days I'm um, still with the company, but my roles changed. I primarily do change management, project management type workforce. Well, so that so clearly in your mind and in the mind of many smart people, nuclear is a really great source of energy that people are too dumb to actually you know realize to be used, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> True words never spoken. <laughs> Very big uh, proponent, obviously, of nuclear right. energy. Love those guys. I mean, it's, it's, anyway, I get into a whole long, you know, hour-long discussion about how nuclear right. energy is much safer and better. Anyway. You know what's so funny? This, this, this speaks to the intellect differences between me and you, Dave, because he talks about working at, at, for, for a nuclear facility, and you think, oh, this is, this is great. This is underutilized. We need to do this. And all I'm thinking about is, oh, this guy's just like Homer Simpson working for the Springfield <laughs> Nuclear Power Plant. You know? Well, it's, he goes real deep yeah, here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, listen, I, uh, I bring the real on this show. Actually, Dave, you know what? I do have a nuclear question for you. So go ahead, yeah. Having worked in that sure. field, did you watch the HBO miniseries Chernobyl? I haven't seen it yet. Um, Chernobyl is uh, something we uh, learn about a lot in nuclear, though. Anytime you uh, join one of those power plants, you get through a lot of training. And part of that training is learning about lessons learned from past uh, mistakes. So I am interested to see it. But uh, right now, I do do well just to keep up with football and the kids. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, football and the kids. It is a good, it is a good uh, miniseries. I recommend it highly to anybody. Anyway, so let's talk football. Um, 
So you're looking at 250000 bucks. You're in 13th place. It was your only football guys team this year. You drafted on July 2nd. Draft early, people. Um, what were your impressions of the squad, you know, right after the draft? You're heading into Independence Day, and you're probably, you know, changing diapers or whatever. Um, but, by the way, I wonder if you're – tell us if your daughter, you took her out to, uh, you know, fireworks or not. That's always a question. Um, but, yeah, tell us about your team, too, and, and what you thought about it after the draft is over. Yeah, so I felt really, uh, really good about it. I know uh, everybody thinks they've drafted a winner after the draft, and it's you know already counting those dollars and making room for the new trophy. But uh, you know, after every draft I do for my uh, redraft teams, I always take time to do a little short write-up, kind of capture my thought process, so I can go back and review those notes at the end of the season to see where things went right, went wrong. Uh, when you only have uh, one team you're putting in there, and it's a large field like that, I'm more prone to taking uh, risk. Uh, I don't think a conservative way. I'm not just trying to win. You know, obviously. Uh, the league, the regular season league, and looking to win the whole thing. So to do that, I think you're going to have to be a little bit more uh, risk uh, accepting. And uh, what I'm basically looking for there in the draft that I came into is I was looking for a range of possibilities with high upside. So, you know, taking Gurley in the second, you know, hoping for a bounce back year. Uh, Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, I thought both of those had wide receiver one range of possibilities in their futures. Uh, unfortunately, Sammy didn't pan out, but Allen's done pretty well for me. And the same goes for uh, Hunter Henry. I thought he could be an upper uh, tight end one range type player. As we went continued to the draft, uh, primarily was looking for is the kind of that same thing. Uh, Hooper, I was really big on him. I thought he was going to make the leap, him and Andrews. So I really wanted to make sure I got him. And uh, then I went and took a quarterback a little bit earlier than normal. Uh, went with Watson in the eighth. And, uh, you know, in these type of leagues, everybody's waiting later and later, but at a certain point, it becomes a value proposition. And I, I thought Watson had a chance to really do something special this year, and uh, he hasn't let me down. So uh, that said, though, my biggest concern was uh, pretty obvious. The running back was pretty light, and uh, that was before McKinnon went on IR. And uh, now I'm even lighter. This. I've been kind of scrambling to kind of, kind of fill that hole ever since. So a lot of interesting points in that response. First of all, I think that I, the idea – I think you're probably the – You'll bulk we've had 400-plus shows. Are you maybe the first, or maybe, I don't know if someone else ever said anything, the first person that ever said they write, you know, write notes, actually, after the draft. And no, think, we've, we've had other people oh, really? say that. But, but I, they, I was either drinking too much or not listening. Or, or you were off shows, that Charles. week. <laughs> to your point, Dave, they are few and far between. Right. But, I mean, that, yeah, that's actually really interesting. I think it's smart um, because now, you know, now you can go back. It's like you had, you know, Dear Diary, right, a uh, little, little thing that you wrote <laughs> up, and then you can look back. And if your team sucks, like, all right, well, what was I think? Why was I, why did I take this guy in the 13th round? Oh, I thought this. Um, so that's really cool. And secondly, uh, did you start A-Rob last night, Aaron Robinson, Allen Robinson? I did. I did. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, you're, you're yeah. Dark, see, out, out of his 30 spots, he already crushed one of them, Bulky. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Not at all surprised. Um, I, Charles, I, I do want to ask you, uh, because this, this draft was be, before Independence Day, you had actually talked about, the importance of drafting early and, and how you plan on doing more of that next year. Talk about the advantages that you think that you get when you're drafting that early in the season. Yeah. So I think uh, if you're someone that's uh, in it year round uh, at this point, which is, is where I'm at, uh, you're picking up knowledge as you go through the off season. And a lot of times uh, folks are relying on, you know, industry analysis and, you know, talking heads and things of that nature to kind of guide the, the value point on each player. Well, the industry kind of comes to a consensus, and they're kind of a market is set. And by the time you get to mid to late August, it's really hard to find value uh, based on uh, ADP. Uh, the players just don't drop that far. The uh, drafts really become almost like routine uh, in a way. The earlier you draft, if you have some inside knowledge, you see something that you think you can take advantage of that the rest of the field hasn't caught up on yet, 
you can get some really great deals and you know potentially actually foresee some of that value in your draft. Yeah, see, I totally agree with that. And you know, the thing is, the early drafts have a lot. They have do they? I will fully admit this. They have a lot sharper drafters. But even with sharper drafters, because the ADP is so fluid, you don't know where guys are going to go. I mean, someone may take DJ Moore at the 401, or he may go to the 504. I mean, who knows? It's just, it gets really there's, – there's a lot of variance in that. Oh, sharper drafters, because they, they are more heavily influenced in their own convictions rather than ADP. They'll take their guys. Stuff fluctuates yeah. quite a bit in that. Right. And sometimes – and I don't want to call out sharp drafters uh, at that point of the season – but sometimes I feel like, and someone would probably fully admit to this, they outsmart themselves. They, they get a little too cute sometimes. Well, I mean, and, and, and I feel like sometimes when you, when you do that, you're, you'll end up kicking yourself sometimes as early as the day after the draft. Like, what was I thinking? You know, I, I should have stuck to, what, you know, to my gut on this, and it doesn't always work out. So you can, there is value to be gotten quite a bit, even when you're going up against very good, accomplished, high-stakes players. Yeah, another thing Sorry, you grab yeah, you out of that is the – Go ahead. Go ahead, Charles. Yeah, and another thing that really can help you out in those uh, situations is in that fantasy offseason, the least little bit of news that comes across the waiver wire or the, the wire uh, can really influence people. You know, a coach gets up and says, you know, he thinks, you know, so-and-so's in their best shape of their life and they're headed towards a, you know, 100-catch season, and you'll see a player's value swing dramatically just on that little bit of coach speak. So you can really, uh, if you're good at kind of reading the tea leaves and figuring out what coaches really mean and, you know, what's fact and what's fiction – you really have some opportunity there. Yeah, and that, and, that, and you're, you know, Chris Godwin was, was an example of that. And, oh, totally. And, yeah. I mean, it, it worked out, and sometimes it doesn't, right? And, you know, I'm going to bring up – I'm just going to mention a few players like David Hubbard. He's a really great player. And, but I think he, you know, at some point during the offseason, he decided that Pollard was the guy that he was going to take from Dallas, and he took him, you know, probably in 130 out of his 150 leagues that he drafted, and it didn't work out. In some years, it works out great. Uh, so – so in a way that can benefit a person if you're not if you don't give a shit about Tony Pollard you're like right. oh what do I yeah. care you know right. so let him take him all the time so or Daryl Henderson was another player like totally that. yeah and he ended up doing nothing but sometimes he ends up doing everything yeah you know? so it just gets really interesting that way I mean we're talking with Charles Ellison who's 13th place in the Football Guys Players Championship heading into the championship round Charles let's talk about your quarterbacks here in uh, Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott I'm curious when you invest in those guys. And, and considering the season, the fantasy seasons that, that these guys have had, it's probably has not been the easiest decision in the world to know which guy to start, which guy to bench uh, each and every week this year. What's that been like for you? And I'm also curious if you can give us uh, your, your impressions of streaming not only the quarterback position, but other positions like tight end too. Uh, give us your thoughts on that uh, when you answer this question. Yeah, sure. The, uh, the battle between Sean and Dak has been really tough Um you know, I've only actually gotten it correct uh, 13 times. So uh, it's been a little bit of a struggle. Uh, fortunately, both those guys have performed at such a high level for the most part that it really hasn't hurt me too much. Uh, in general, my default was to take Watson over Dak whenever the matchups are even. Uh, I think Watson has more scoring potential and is just a better uh, quarterback in general. Um, but other than that, I'm looking at, you know, matchups and basically who's playing at home to really kind of kind of see who, uh, who has the advantage that week. And uh, luckily it's worked out a pretty good bit. Uh, in terms of uh, streaming, uh, joining uh, us. Go ahead. Yeah. So in terms of streaming, one of the one of the things that you know when you get up in the, these type of leagues that I think a, a lot of maybe new players uh, can underestimate is uh, when you're hearing you know fantasy analysis, you know the the drumbeat is always you know to get a streaming quarterback, don't invest in a quarterback, and you know that's obviously true. It's a onesie position. Uh, it's easily replaceable, but it's not completely replaceable. Uh, 
everybody's on the streaming bandwagon this time. That's not a new strategy at all. Um, so if you come in and you think you're going to um, just be able to pluck, you know, whatever the, the best matchup is of the week off the uh, off your waiver, it's just not going to happen in most of these really competitive leagues. So you really kind of have to adjust your mindset. Um, you know, back in the day, even six, seven years ago when I first started in cash leagues, you, know, you could do that. You could literally just basically punt the position all together in drafts and you just within the first couple weeks of the season pick up uh, a really uh, quality starter and ride that through. But now, you know, when you're instead of streaming a guy that you know may have been ranked that week in the 10 to 16 range, uh, a lot of times now if you're trying to stream, you're looking at guys that are ranked in that 16 to 24 range. You know, you're back in QB2s, uh, and you're getting into a much lower floor there if those guys don't pan out for you. So uh, it, it's a, a strategy that, you know, I know everybody promotes, and uh, I'm not saying it can't work, and it you know, definitely needs to be part of your arsenal, but you really have to be careful uh, coming into seasons where if you think that's just what you're going to do, it just usually is not going to pan out. Totally agree. I'm, I'm with you on that. The game has changed, and I think you, as you, as you pointed out, Charles, the game's changed. You need to change your draft strategy, too, along with it, Dave. Uh, yeah, I, I actually agree. That's why I'm looking at Lamar Jackson next year. That's right. Early, Valky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think, not that there will be a Lamar Jackson early next year, but I'm almost wondering if there's, like, you know, because I always like to target those quarterbacks in round eight, round eight. Well, I think he's going to go higher than that, though. You know what I mean? I think people are. Uh, I don't, you don't think what, so? Eight or nine. Higher than eight or nine, yeah. We'll see. I'm not sure. I'll tell you what. Whoever I draft next year. He's going to have to be able to run. Josh Allen. That's who my guy is going to be next Josh year. Allen, be Josh, Allen. Josh Allen is going to be Cause, cause he'll, people, he'll still go in the 10th round. Totally. That's who my guy is going he's, to be He's going to move year. up to the 10th round. Yeah. Um, speaking of the uh, AFC North, Dave. Yeah. Or AFC East, excuse me. Yeah, either way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the Chiefs aren't in the North. No, 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 no. They're not. But Stephon Gilmore is in yeah. the AFC so, East. So, Stephon Gilmore is, you know, bulky preview that is likely to be shadowing Tyreek Hill this week. Sammy Watkins um, – he had a zero last week. He had three targets against the, you know, the Raiders in a blowout win. But, you know, oddly enough, the score in that game was 40-9. to nine, But the Chiefs only had 259 total yards of offense. They had 175 passing yards. Watkins only had three targets and zero catches. But it was a game where they didn't do a whole heck of a lot. But against the Patriots, you know, great pass defense. They may not do a heck of a lot anyway. But do you, would you actually consider throwing Sammy Watt into your lineup here uh, in week 14? Uh, no, I'm staying away from Sammy. I think I think Sammy's pretty much done for this season. Uh, looking at his usage and output, and he's only been over 50 yards receiving once in the last nine weeks, and he, he hasn't scored since week one. Um, and that was even with yeah, uh, you know, Tyreek missing us, some time there. Yeah, sorry about that. Who gave us this question? What I should have asked is, Charles, you have Sammy Watkins on your team. Did you cut him tonight? <laughs> that's <laughs> Well, you can't cut him anymore. Why not? Well, because the waivers are locked. Oh, that's right. I keep, yeah. I keep thinking, I'm thinking of, like, Classic League. Right. Yeah, I can't. Well, you could cut them in, in Classic Leagues for you know, sure. Hey, Charles, if you want to cut them, just email me. I'll just call. You can have a 19-team roster. Hey, just, this is a question for both of you guys. Charles, <laughs> I'll let you, you uh, answer this first. If you guys both don't like Sammy Watkins, which I, to me I think it's clear that you don't, um, is Kelsey going to have a big week this week? Who's going who's gonna to be the guy to, for the Chiefs? I mean, is it still going to be Tyreek Hill? Because you know somebody's having, having a really good fantasy week. Uh, Charles, who do you think it is going to be for Kansas City this week? Oh, I like Kelsey a lot this week. Uh, I think that I think uh, Tyreek will be pretty much blanketed, and I think uh, Kelsey will step up and kind of fill the void there. And uh, you know, I, I hate to buy into the hype, but I think Thompson uh, Darwin is a, a decent dart throw. Um, got the fresh legs theory going on there. Uh, I think if he can get ten carries and five targets, I think he could provide a serviceable flex deck. Yeah, I, li- I actually like that analysis. Do you like Kelsey too, Dave? 
Well, I, I, the Darwin Thompson is an interesting right, you know, little yeah. option. Uh, I think I think I have him going. You know where I have him going? I, I, Hopefully in a deep draft expert. Uh, Scott, Scott Fishbowl. Oh, for God's Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, keep keep doing well, so I'm going to keep setting a lineup. Good for you. you know, if you're still alive, good yeah, for you. Yeah, whatever. So I think I had Darwin Thompson going there. But you like Kelsey this week as well as Darwin Thompson? I mean, you, you know, who gives a crap? You're starting Kelsey if you have him. Right. right? Yeah, I mean, no, that, yeah, obviously that's, Kelsey, that's the case. You're still going to start Tyreek Hill if you have Tyreek Hill, most likely. I mean, not in every single spot. Right. Yet, but I feel like most, it, you know, some of the, remember the people you talk about drafting early, the, the people who got Tyreek Hill in like the ninth or 10th round when it looked like he was going to be, his career might be done. Those people, you might have a better chance of, of having a better guy than Tyreek Hill on your roster at this point. Was he really going that late? I thought it was oh, yeah. fifth or sixth. No, it was insanely late. There's, there's probably about a two week yeah, period in the FPC where he was yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was bad. And then he, and then he got raised back up again. Um, but I, yeah, we're talking with Charles Ellison, 13th place in the Football Guys Players Championship. Let's talk uh, about running backs here. Aaron Jones has carried you through parts of the season uh, for this team, uh, uh, Charles. Todd Gurley's underwhelmed as, as your second-round pick. How have you been able to get good enough running back production to keep you as high as you are in the Football Guys Players Championship, given sort of the underwhelming year Gurley's had? Uh, duct taping blue, basically. Um, really, had to, <laughs> really had to grind out that position. Uh, and I can't say that uh, I've done it successfully. That 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 hole has not been filled, uh, and it, it really put me in a tough spot because I've been chasing uh, running back support all season. You know, I've been picking up attrition plays. Uh, you know, a couple of random, hoping for some random signings. You know, uh, I got a couple of veterans uh, still on my roster that you know have very limited upside with uh, Chris Thompson and Frank Gore. But you know, at least I know they have something of a role, or at least uh, Gore did a few weeks back. Um, so it really hasn't um, worked out. Where I've really been able to make it up um, is just grinding with my wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, starting Hooper and Henry, when they're both healthy, has really been beneficial. And then, you know, there's a lot of little things. You know, when you get in this uh, competitive uh, format, uh, every little point counts. So uh, streaming my kickers, uh, basically my kickers have – my starting kickers have scored 118 points, which is uh, good for number five overall. So I got a bit of advantage there. And uh, picking up the Pats D, of course, was a huge uh, benefit. But even there, I've streamed oh, yeah. uh, a couple of different defenses at the time. And uh, so I've actually outscored the Pats D. So uh, my number one defense uh, starting is actually higher than that. So just getting these little points everywhere you can, just really fighting and grinding for it is how I've tried to make up for it. But uh, I'm really thin, and it's, uh, it's uh, like I said, duct-taping glue. <laughs> Kickers and defenses matter, Dave. This is the clearest example of it. Yeah, you know, Charles should start a website called, like, Duct Tape and Glue and, and have it just be about right. kickers and defenses. DuckTapeandGlue.com. <laughs> I mean, because I would actually subscribe because I, I love streaming those guys. And, you, and then you give, like, a two- to three-week look ahead, you know, and then the playoff kickers. Oh, yeah, defenses. for, like, who to roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah start, that's you know, good. Start popping those guys on right yeah, away. So, is, you know, you get these crappy guys, you know, like your eighth wide receiver. Well, you don't need an eighth wide receiver. So this, it's fine. This right. idea, it's big, it's, it could be bigger than DFS. You're welcome. Go to GoDaddy. <laughs> Somebody go to GoDaddy. The next big thing in fantasy football, kicker and defense websites you know just by the way i will you know as much as we all tank on Gurley, but he is a number um 11 number 15 running back 15? right now okay. so, you know, he's he's not returning fantastic value but he's not he's just maybe a little bit underperforming if you, if you took him in yeah. the early third round you're probably pretty happy with the performance yeah you're right? kind of okay what do you yeah. think charles he's kind yeah. of all right yeah, actually, um, I've seen games this year where I thought it really looked pretty good. Um, I think the, uh, the offensive line is really uh, hurting them to, to a large extent. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, with Gurley, it, it depends each week what version you're getting of him. But that offensive line is really setting them back. Well, you know, the team hasn't done as well either. So, you know, I think that, you know, Todd McVay, you know, this guy's got an angel halo Sean. over his head. Whatever the hell his name is. 
I'll call him Todd McVay because he's, he's not as good of a coach as he thinks he is. So. That, wasn't that the dude who did the bombing in Oklahoma City? Todd McVay? Am I, no, <laughs> it's I, Timothy McVay. Tim McVay. Timothy McVay, yeah. Oh, oh man, this shows, a, this shows a mess, Charles. Who thought we were going to get into this tonight? This, but, but now you do. So let's <laughs> ask you about Allen Robinson. You started him last night. He's been, he's been crushing it. He had two touchdowns last night. Um, how, what do you think? I mean, you, you must be – what do you think about him? I, I don't even know what this question is supposed to ask. I mean, well, I guess that – What do you think about Allen Robinson well, other than the now, fact that he's awesome in spite I, of his quarterback? Well, exactly. And, and good, so this is something <laughs> that we look at, of not, not necessarily that Robinson is – Let's from a dynasty perspective. How about that? You could do it from that perspective. Not necessarily that he's quarterback-proof, Dave, but the fact that his quarterback, everybody has just hated on the majority of the season. Yet Robinson is producing as an elite wide receiver. And I think that does speak to his talent. And Charles, before you speak, let me just pipe this in. In a dynasty league, I'm in a private league. I'm in, uh, I'm, I have a playoff caliber team. So it's like, you know, my pick, I, I trade away my 2021st and it's probably pick nine through 12 or whatever, whatever it is for Allen Robinson this year. And I actually feel pretty good about that trade. What, what do you think about it? Oh yeah. I love that trade. Um, I think you're getting a proven player with Robinson and, now that he's settling in in Chicago, and hopefully Trubisky, you know, can continue some of this improvement. I, I think uh, I think you got a dynamic player there that uh, you know really comes through when you when you're needing him in terms of uh, being matchup proof. Uh, he needs to have his down weeks, but uh, overall, really solid pick. And you know that 2020 draft class, I know everybody is just foaming at the mouth that thing, but you know I've never seen a, a draft class that by the time you got to the 10th, 11th, 12th pick, you weren't starting to see some flaws. Uh, no matter how deep it is, I think by the time you get there. If you're uh, a contender, I think Robinson's a much better pick. Hey, hey, uh, Charles, as long as you're talking about the 2020 draft class, are you a Clemson fan by any chance? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, I went to grad school at uh, Penn State and the uh, University of South Carolina. Okay. Okay, that, that's cool. Let me ask you about this. I was going to ask you about T. Higgins, but let me ask you uh, about K.J. Hamler. Do you follow him at all? Uh, I haven't seen him, though. No. Okay, all right. Yeah, he's a, uh, not a first-round pick. He'd be probably like a second- or third-round pick right now from Penn State. I was just kind of curious uh, about him. But like, the receivers in this 2020 draft class, uh, I don't want to say they're historic because I said they were historic uh, a couple of years ago, and they totally flamed out. So you, you never know with this. Uh, but we'll get into much more Dynasty chat uh, coming up uh, in the uh, HSFF hour in 2020. Uh, getting back to the Football Guys Players Championship Championship round or the FFPC main event, if Damian, I think Damian Williams did get ruled out today, did he not? Yep, he's out. Damian Williams is out. Daryl Williams on IR. LaShawn McCoy, Darwin Thompson. As a flex in, in leagues, if you own either one of these guys, you kind of answered this already with Darwin Thompson. Any love for Shady McCoy as a, as a potential flex start this week? Yeah, uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I think Shady's flexible. <laughs> um, if you don't have, obviously, I mean, I wouldn't say it with a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, the New England defense has been pretty stout, but. And anytime you get a piece of that Chiefs offense, uh, you know, the New England defense is good, but they're not, you know, what, the 86 Bears or anything. I mean, I think they do have some vulnerabilities. And so uh, I, I think I would roll the dice with uh, Shady. But actually, uh, I really like Darwin in terms of, uh, like, that flex option. You know, he's got, again, the fresh legs. He gets in there. Uh, he hasn't been beat on all season. Um, and if you can just, uh, you know, you're counting on the little bit of volume that he could see. And if he can just get, you know, a couple of carries and, they five, six targets, I think he could really, you know, turn into a serviceable flex stack. All right, I think this question will be fast, but Marlon Mack is expected back. Is uh, he the only Colts running back fantasy owner should consider starting, or is Naheem Himes an option or any of the other clowns? <laughs> I mean, players. 
I, I think you're down to if you're considering Hines, you're in pretty uh pretty bad shape uh, at this point in the season. I I, I don't feel good about either either one of those. Yeah, that Tampa run defense has been solid, and you know Hines really just hadn't got the volume, so I just uh, it's not a very interesting play there. I, I think you're better off uh, shooting somebody with higher ceiling. Charles Ellison, 13th place in the Football Guys Players Championship, joining us on the HSFF Hour tonight. Got an email here uh, from Chris in Fort Myers, Florida. He writes, uh, Charles, who would you start this week at Flex? It is the playoffs for me, so no pressure. I had been starting Sony Michelle, but am I overthinking it if I put James Washington in instead? That's Chris in Fort Myers, Florida. Thank you so much. For the email, uh, Chris, we have uh, Sony Michelle obviously taking on the uh, taking on the Patriots, taking on the Chiefs this week. James Washington is at Arizona. Full, assume full PPR here, FFPC scoring. Who would you play, Sony Michelle or James Washington at flex this week, Charles? Oh, I'm taking James Washington there. I think he has a pretty good matchup. He's facing the Cardinals. Uh, they've been torched repeatedly all season, and one of the great things with Pittsburgh is that zero faith in advance. So. Unlike other teams where you would expect to lose some of that production to the tight end because they do so well against the Cardinals, I don't see that happening this week with uh, Vance McDonald. So James is hot, and I, that's definitely the route I would go. Uh, Sonny Michelle, you know, you're really there just counting on a goal line touchdown to help you out. And at, at this point in the season, that's just a huge risk. I think I'd rather roll the dice with James. Dave, you had brought up um, – we talked about James White last week. You and I both benched him in a lot of leagues. Well, I benched him in a lot of leagues. You benched him in one. Yeah, follow James White. I mean, Okay, so talk ahead. about your theorem here that you told me about, about starting James White. Well, if it's a game where the Patriots have even this – I should have known, I should have thought about this more, but even the slightest bit of chance of falling behind, which right. could be this week, you've got to roll James White out. You there. told me if they were three-point dogs to three-point faves, James White has to be in your lineup, right? Well, you know, yeah, three point faves or or worse, right? Or right. to three to ten point dog, whatever. Any Patriots are never right. ten point dog. Right. But yeah, any time where there's a chance they fall behind, road games especially because it's more likely they fall behind. Um, you know, it's so funny. If I was, I could imagine the email. This is an aside. We'll keep you longer, Charles. But if I was, you know, David Dodds, you know, this guy's or you know, the guys from Draft Stars or wherever. Right. You're writing projections every week. So sure. you know, James White, you know, two weeks ago your projection was probably a you know, twelve point nine. And what do you score? A point nine. Right. Then the next week, you're like, uh, you know, 12.8 or whatever. 37. Yeah. You know, how the hell do you project this guy? It's so <laughs> annoying. Right. Um, and I'm sure people are emailing him like, you guys are the worst. You yeah. can't project, you know, James White to save your ass or whatever. You know, it's like, you guys are terrible. Anyway, that's, um, that's my well, little Well, re- the reason I bring it up, Dave, is the Patriots are at home this week against the Chiefs. They are only a three-point favorite. So, thus, your theorem would say start James White. Well, I mean, there's a 40% chance that the Patriots fall behind um, and maybe a 20% chance that they fall behind by two touchdowns or more. And right. all of a sudden, it's a James White show. Uh, could be a big James White week uh, this They're week. They're struggling a little bit, the Patriots. Yeah, and, I, and I'm with I, – Charles, I'm with you. I, I, I would really, really hesitate before I click start on Sony Michelle this week. The other thing I'm going to bring up, last thing on James White, my local fantasy football show, Dave, we have to pick a bust of the week, a start of – like a, um, a sleeper of the week, a pickup of the week. And I, I, I always look back on it on Tuesday to see how I did. My sleeper of the week last week was Devontae Parker, who obviously crushed oh, it. Oh, he killed it. I'm thrilled. Then I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I looked at my bust of the week last week. James White. James White. <laughs> and it was really bad. And I was like, let's just move on from that. I don't want to talk about it That's at funny. all. Um, can we uh, ask our favorite question to Charles here? Charles, thanks so much for your time. You've been fantastic. Balky at the end of the interview is going to tell you how he's rooting for you and no one else. And then he's going to say that that's just to, totally legit. So the same thing that people meet 15 and 16. <laughs> no, anyway. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say it. So, 
Um, so give us a player that a, give us a player. Actually, you know what? I'm going to ask you a couple of questions because you play Dynasty too. So a player that FFPC players will be starting but should bench, first of all, and then a sleeper that should be started. This is just for week 14. And then if you have a, um, a Dynasty sleeper you want to give me, uh, I'm not, I don't play FFPC Dynasty. It's not allowed. So right. I'm going to use it just personally. So I'll take your advice, Charles. Um, and it can't be a kicker defense. So go ahead. <laughs> sure. So the uh, the player that I would uh, bench, um, and it's really hard to do it because I've used him in several leagues, and I'm a big fan of his because he's just so consistent this year, is uh, John Brown. Uh, he's usually super reliable, but you know, they're facing uh, Baltimore, which has the uh, ninth-rated adjusted fantasy, fantasy adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. And basically what I'm seeing there is a, a game script both teams are content to run. You know, Buffalo uh, uh, does allow a pretty good bit of rushing, and uh, that falls right into the wheelhouse of Baltimore. I can see both teams kind of grinding this thing out, especially late in the year. Uh, and I'm really worried that Brown just won't get the targets uh, to perform. See somebody actually legitimately having a couple of leagues I'll be fouling. Mm, interesting. Uh, in terms like of start, yeah. all right. In terms of starting, uh, Zach Pascal. Um, you kind of it's that time of season where you know we're really starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel for some of these guys. Uh, but with injuries, the TY being out and uh, playing that Tampa Bay defense. Uh, I could definitely see him putting up a, a, a big enough number to really uh, justify a starting starting role. And then, if you want to go, what do you think about up uh, this week? I'm... Go ahead. Yes, you want to get super deep, and this is probably more of a, a daily play, and uh, this is probably the one most likely to just completely bust out on me. But uh, John Ross, he's back off of uh, injured reserve. Uh, it's a long time ago, but he actually torched uh, Seattle and San Francisco the first two weeks of the season. Andy Dalton's back starting. Uh, I think it's a uh, it's a Hail Mary play, but if you're in one of those situations uh, where somehow you still have him on your roster and maybe, you know, the Thursday games didn't Thursday game didn't work out for you, I could see where uh he's a, he's worth at least a prayer. Um but that's uh that's definitely that's deep desperation there though. All right, what about Dynasty? You have any uh, fun dynasty sleepers for me? Like uh, wait, hold on. When you say dynasty, when you frame this as dynasty like, yeah, I mean, people to pick up Yeah, or? somebody you know, somebody who um Somebody that you think is maybe available as a free agent, or somebody you Got like it. that's going to be a coming out, a rookie that's coming out this next year. Whatever you want, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like uh, I like the Dallas tight end, um, Blake Jarwin. I think he's a great easy pickup that you can get for basically nothing. Uh, I think he's a good stash play for uh, for next year. Um, he, he's probably one of that's definitely on my uh, on my radar for the, especially in tight end premium leagues. Blake Jarwin, I like Blake Jarwin. Okay, good stuff. Also, uh, Paris Campbell's interesting. He's coming back for the Colts, and he's going to be active this week. Yeah. Did you see uh, Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys actually brought this up, Dave? Um, the available pass catchers, receivers that Indianapolis had last week at their disposal, none of them was a draft pick. All of them were street free agents or undrafted free agents. Oh, wow. Isn't that unbelievable? It sure is. Mm. Yeah, and really bad. Imagine they could have had a great player like Dante Moncrief still on the roster. (laughs) At least he would have been drafted. (laughs) Hey, Charles, um, you've been very gracious with your time. I want to sneak in one more question before we let you go. Number one, actually two questions. Number one, are you planning on jumping into the uh, FFPC playoff challenge again this year, uh, given how close you were to the gold a couple of years ago? And then for anybody who's thinking about jumping into high-stakes fantasy football next year, um, maybe somebody like you, you know, more than a uh, half decade ago, started off small and, and worked your way up, and certainly you've had a lot of success. What's uh, something that maybe you'd like to say to yourself, you know, seven years ago, or something that you would say to somebody jumping in now, uh, the best advice you could give them? 
Sure. So let's start with the Playoff Challenge League. Uh, absolutely love that format. That's probably one of my favorite uh, uh, challenges to get into. Uh, just love the contest. The uh, the combination of trying to predict the uh, NFL real playoffs, uh, along with uh, you know take, taking into account the Super Bowl bonus. Uh, just a really fun format, uh, and it you know wild swings, and that's always fun. So you, that league literally, I went from uh, being at first, and then with three games left, and then. Uh, by the end, you know, just really uh, definitely uh, far out of any serious money, but uh, a wild ride there, and uh, that's just a really fun lease. I'd recommend that for anybody. And uh, with the new $35 leagues, you know, that's a really great way to, to jump in and get your kind of feet wet. In terms of uh, joining high stakes or just, you know, really playing for a little bit more cash, uh, the biggest thing I would suggest to people, you know, you only have so many football seasons. Let's make the most of them. Um, you know, if you, you find that you're doing well against uh, in your friends and family league and you've got some disposable income, uh, I recommend anybody. I find that it makes things more interesting. And uh, from my experience, I haven't done this seven years, really and truly, up until if you're in the 100 to 250 range for your leagues, uh, the skill level of the players is about the same. There really um, isn't a huge change in that in that range of uh, outcomes. So I mean, I think uh, you can if you're you know if you're pretty confident, and you, you know, you're into it, and you're putting in the time and the effort. Uh, I think you can experience some success there. Really, once you get around the 500, where I see the uh, skill level, uh, in my experience, has gone up with the uh, the other players. So there's something there for everybody. And uh, like I said, I think it just makes it more fun. And I wouldn't be intimidated at all. You know, when I first got started with uh, FFPC, you know, it's definitely seen as a, a more serious format and platform. And, you know, it's easy to be getting intimidated. But once you get into it, um, you're always, you know, hey, it's just everybody's just doing the same thing. They're grinding, they're researching. And if you're putting in the time, you might as well uh, make it worth your effort, you know. So. That's kind of kind of my pitch. I think that, I, I think you know. I think that's a popular opinion for a lot of people when when they jump in to to the to the FFPC or the FPC. Uh, they say, you know, I was a little intimidated at the start, but I realized I can hang with these guys, and and not only can I compete, I might be able to win one of these leagues right away. Well, it's not it's not like poker. I, I don't think it's like where you start off. You're, if you're playing fifty cent dollar or one dollar or two dollar no limit, and you go to five ten, ten twenty, or like and then like twenty forty or higher. It, there's a huge difference in the ta- in the skill level. Right. Yep. I just don't think it's like that in fantasy. I really don't, and I agree. So I agree with what Charles is saying 100%. And to be honest, I think once you get to like the 5,000 to 10,000 dollar entry leagues, uh, I think you, I think it gets a little bit worse because you get a few people that are uh, clearly just rich and, <laughs> and, and just and, yeah, just want to spend yeah, money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So <laughs> if if you have yeah, the means, those never, aren't bad. Uh, to get into. They sell it early. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I never uh, played above 500, but my theory is that I think the that probably is like another tier. And uh, once you have a, a played 500, and there's a noticeable jump there, but I imagine it probably levels off um, at that point, and it's, you know you have another tier of uh, a player. So really, if you're below that, like I said, if you're willing to put in the time and uh, you enjoy it, and you know you've had some success, especially if you've had some success in your friends and family leagues, you know, there's uh, after a while you just lose fun and beating up on your your cousin that doesn't follow it after week three. So. You know, you might as well uh, <laughs> put a little skin in the game and have some fun with it. Like I said, we only have so many seasons in us, so let's make the most of them. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we are expecting the most of you this year. This is quite the run that you were on, uh, almost to the mountaintop of the Football Guys Players Championship. want to wish you the best of luck the rest of the way there, Charles, uh, in all your leagues, your dynasty leagues, everything. I uh, hope uh, the ball bounces your way, and I certainly want to uh, thank you for coming on the show tonight. And it was really good talking to you. A lot of, a lot of entertaining stuff, a lot of informative stuff, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again real soon, dude. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
Charles Ellison, ladies and gentlemen, I should mention you should follow him on Twitter, at Charles Ellison, 13th place in the Football Guys Players Championship, uh, and uh, he will be a formidable foe as we uh, move forward uh, in the uh, championship round here that's going to be over with in, in three weeks, three short weeks. It's all going to be decided. Half a million bucks will be given away in the FFPC main event, $250,000 in the uh, Football Guys Players Championship, and over $5 million in prizes between just those two national contests alone. All right, let's get into uh, some emails. We've got about five minutes left in the show. I think we can fly through this here pretty well. Uh, let's get into Jimmy in Teterboro, New Jersey, Dave. Kick things off with him. Teterboro, there's an airport there. Is it really? Teterboro? Yeah, in the movie Sully, the, one, of the, one of the options was to have him fly to Teterboro, but he said uh, not going to get there. Hey, so speak, he crashed in the river. Speaking of Sully, are you, did you or are you planning Yes, I saw it and it was really good. No, no. Are, did you or are you planning on seeing the uh, uh, Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks? Um, I don't. I, I don't really see the. I don't see the point in seeing the Mr. Rogers movie. And what does that mean? Okay, so you know, Mr. Rogers, a nice guy, and you know, he had this show. What, what the what 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 am I watching? What, what what the hell do I care? This is based on a book about a writer uh, okay. who did a story on uh, Fred what, Rogers. Okay, what's the conflict? I think this guy had some issues going on in his life. He was Mr. Rogers did? No. The guy who was doing the story on Fred Rogers. He was okay. assigned it and he was not thrilled with this getting this assignment. And then he actually had a conversation with him, interviewed him and talked about life and 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 stuff and came away with a brand new perspective on life after talking with them. Okay, so the, the, I believe okay. that is the gist of the story. So the conflict is man versus himself, the 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 author of the sure. story. Played by uh um the dude who was in the Americans. You ever watch that show? No. Okay. And you know that's, that's not interesting I can't to me. His name. No, that's not interesting to me to have his own internal conflict about the nice guy who has a show on PBS or whatever the show was, whatever it was on. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to see it. I'd okay. rather see the James Jewell movie that Clint Eastwood directed. Richard Jewell. Whatever. Yeah. James Jewell. Doesn't he play FFPC? See, yeah. See, I'm getting all <laughs> the names wrong. Well, this is so great. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. So, it's... so Bim, you know, Biff Jewell, you know, this guy, he does this, he did the bombing and then they didn't do it. I feel right. like, I feel like Joe Biden's not, I'm getting everything. Wrong. I, I think that that, first of all, you're right. I would much rather see the Richard Jewell movie than the Mr. Rogers. I don't have any plans on seeing it, uh, but are I you do. See, are you seeing the Mr. Rogers? Movie? No, I'm not. And okay. uh, which is weird because I always remember, you know, one of the things from memories of my childhood is I would, when I was a kid, I would get lunch. My mom would serve me and my brother's lunch and we'd, we'd, we'd watch Sesame street yeah. while eating lunch. At what age? I don't know. Thirteen. Oh, okay. yeah. I was in my thirties. Um, but we would uh, we would watch Sesame Street during lunch, and then after lunch we would watch Mr. Rogers, and right after that we'd take a nap. You know, this yeah, is way, so way back. Way, way, no, it wasn't boring. I, I actually enjoyed Mr. Rogers. I did not like it. Get it, get it back to it here. Uh, by the way, we still we have a bet to go. We have a bet we're doing. Oh, what? Yeah, I meant bet. to bring that up. What's the bet here? So it's, I can uh, announce. Ian it. Thomas. Ian Thomas against, with tight end from the Panthers against against two Packer and Wasp guy. We're okay. taking the under. Two Packer and Wasp guy, I th- I, I and swear, it's I me swear, and you. I, yeah, I me- saw the number was higher earlier, and they keep on moving it down now. Okay, so I, what? I originally, Wasp guy said ten and a half. Football guy says the projection is seven point nine. Give them nine. So Ian I Thomas thought, so has to score more or less than nine. Nine point one is greater than nine. All right, so nine, fine, nine. So we have over or under. We have under nine. Okay, we have under nine in week fourteen. Just regular PPR. Okay. Oh, regular PPR. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Actually, wait. Is there? Hey, hey, people in the chat room. Is this is this FFPC? Scoring? I would assume it's FFPC scoring. 
I mean, what, what yeah, you, Olsen's out. You know, this is this is like a no-brainer. Did you uh, uh, trivia question? After Greg Olson got hurt last week, how many catches did Ian Thomas get? You're asking me. I'm asking you. I own zero shares of Ian Thomas. I know the answer to this. And um, how many? What was the question? How many? How many did catches get? did Ian Thomas uh, get? Four. Oh. Four. Four. How many? Four. All right. Four. Wasp got. You know, the excessive scoring. If you don't want excessive tight end scoring, RT Sports is really a great platform. They have really nice, good – you know, their marketing is excellent. They're good – All right, moving on. <laughs> All right, excessive scoring is So we 10. have under 10 yeah, for we'll excessive scoring? Yeah, we'll okay. our excessive scoring. Under 10, FFPC, FFPC. They have over 10. And I believe that we have five on it, Dave. I got, I got five on Thank you, Lunas. We're going to actually answer Jimmy in Teterboro, New Jersey's question now. Tough call for me this week. If Connor misses, which he – is he officially out? Who knows? He's, he's, yeah, he sucks. He's going to be missed. Terrible. Do I play Benny Snell over Kareem Hunt as my second running back? Thanks, dude. That's Jimmy in Teterboro, New Jersey. Dave, who are you playing? Kareem Hunt or Benny Snell? It's actually a pretty tough question because Benny Snell is going to get all of the rushing production but not much passing. Yeah, <laughs> right. And um, Benny Snell is at Arizona. Kareem Hunt is at home against the lowly yeah, so, Bungles. So they're fa- I think Pittsburgh's favored by three on the road at Arizona. And I believe that Cleveland is favored by seven at home against Cincy. So Cleveland, Pittsburgh is a two point favorite two point on the road at Arizona. Right. And what, what was the seven. other one? Cleveland's at home. Uh, they're seven point favorites against Cincy. Yes. So there, there's a chance of a blowout there. So that you get limited usage out of Hunt. And if they're not passing because they don't have to pass as much because they're winning by a lot, they might just run Chubb into the ground. Right. Having said that, I think Crazy. I might. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still might have to go Cream Hunt here. Actually, I I don't know what it is about Benny Snell for me. Yeah, I, I have. He's got that um, stigma with him. That the fact that he doesn't catch passes, I think Jalen Samuels still factors into it. Razor thin for me. I am going to go Kareem Hunt. Can I ask you another question about Kareem Hunt? Sure. Would you be looking to acquire him in Dynasty this off season? If the price was right, sure. What is the price? Would you give up a second-round pick for him? Um, Bear in mind. I'd consider a late, mid to late second for sure, I would. Is he not a free agent after this season? I think so. I'm not totally sure. Because if the way he's going right now, Dave, he's earning some money. He's, he's keeping his great. nose clean. Yeah, he's playing great. Um, his contract, he is a restricted free agent after this season. Somebody's going to pay him, and I and I think it's going to be somebody who does not take a running back in the draft. I don't know if Cleveland. I think Cleveland keeps him up. Restricts a free agent. What do they? Do they just you know do the thing where they sign the tender and what's he do? Not sign it? I don't know. I don't know how all that works. I don't know either. <laughs> hey, Farrell. I still I still think he's an interesting. I know. I agree. I, I totally agree. He's yeah. a super talented player. He's real great running back. He, he's a three down back. Yeah, he is. Any team that needs a running back. This is a deep draft coming up uh, with running backs and receivers. So uh, deep. Now, I, I thought it was high end for running backs. I'm kind of walking that back a little bit. There's DeAndre Swift. There's Jonathan Taylor. I, th- I think there's just a lot of there's a lot of play. I think you're going pretty deep in this draft. So I'm just saying. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's not top heavy. I think it is deep. Yeah. Okay. So I just, I, just, I do think that giving that up. But I mean, Kareem Hunt's in his prime, and yeah, he's a proven back. He's right. a proven three down back. I think you. Um, I think. I think you you would do well to get him for a second. I believe I have three second-round picks in the Blake Harrington Dynasty League. Anybody who owns any of them, 
or anybody who owns Kareem Hunt in that league, I'd be happy to give you one of those second round picks for Kareem good. Hunt. Chris in Fort Myers, who would you rather start? Oh, excuse me, we already did this one with uh, um, with Charles. Hey guys, or Hollister, how about Dustin in Birmingham, Alabama? Hey guys, I've been playing the guessing game all year at tight end, but I feel like I have two good choices this week. Should I start Mike Gesicki or Jacob Hollister? Thank you, Dustin in Birmingham, Alabama. Dave, we kind of got into Gesicki at the start of the show. Who would you rather play this week, Gesicki, who I believe is at home against the Jets? They, no, he's at New York this week. At the Jets, plus five. And Hollister is at the Rams, so they're both on the road. Uh, I would start Gesicki. I, I would too. I think that's the play. Fitzpatrick, like, you know, he throws it a ton. They're Brilliant, Fitzpatrick. They're going to be down. I think you know, Gesicki's really emerging. He's actually he's another great dynasty acquisition play. Although most of his owners, I think, are realizing he's not fully valued yet, and. Uh, he was a great athlete coming out. He just was. He just did poorly as a rookie, and he. It sounds like he's developing the skills to play tight end in the NFL. So good for him. Aye, if you drink a pint, <laughs> if you drink a pint every time, Roy and Fitzpatrick throws to the tight end, you'll be pissed drunk by the second quarter. <laughs> that was really good. I think that's. Uh, I think that's a play. Gesicki over Hollister this week. What about Hollister? That's a lot more fun. Hollister in Dynasty. Do you not like him as much because of the existence of Disley? Yeah, also his name is it's like an Abercrombie. It's Abercrombie or Hollister. Where are you buying your shirts from? I don't want to buy them at Hollister. Uh, I always get my uh, tight ends at uh, Jacob Hollister. It's a uh, great tight end. Got to have him on your team, brah. You want to win? You want to win? You got to get uh, Jacob Hollister and give up a first-round pick for that, dude. It's in, the, it's in the Hollister. It's in the pennies wing. It is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bobby in Springfield, Mass. Which road warrior receiver do I go with, DK Metcalf at the Rams or Zach Pascal at Tampa? Charles was talking up Zach Pascoe. Sounds like T.Y. Hilton's going to be out this week, Dave. Who would you rather play, Metcalf or Pascoe? I think I'm still rolling Metcalf, actually. Um, not a big fan of him necessarily, but huge fan of Russell Wilson. I mean, he's way better than Jacoby Brissett. And Tyler Lockett's doing pretty much nada. And when you're doing nada, you got to throw it to Metcalf. That's a, apparently my California accent sounds like Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I, didn't re- I didn't realize that. Oh, Jacob Hollister. He's a great tight end. You gotta get on your roster. <laughs> it's a wonderful life for Jacob Hollister. <laughs> Waskai dated himself, and so did you just now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I think Waskai has a couple of years on me. Not Waskai, many. Waskai likes Pascal actually. Um, I'm gonna. I I know I like Pascal this week. I still would play Metcalf. What about Tyler Lockett? I mean, he's not gonna get a bagel this week. But what do you think he realistically does? Is he a double-digit scorer this week? You know, I, in in reality, I think it's likely, but I, I also think it's it's. I'd be very frightened. Not frightened. It's not a word I use. I'd be like the um skittish. Yeah, the girl in the Peloton commercial where she's you know nervous about starting the Peloton. I'd be a little nervous. I'm not sure if I want to do this or not. So I I, I think I'd be a little nervous about starting Lockett this week. Dude, I want to should, start somebody I else. I feel like you should be Instagramming your Instagram storying yourself right now and be like. Oh, starting Tyler Lockett in week 14. Wish me luck. I started Lockett five weeks in a row. I started five weeks in a row. I can't. No good. Who, who saw this coming? Not me. Oh, that's good. I should, I should bring this up. I was actually looking for a holiday gift for my, for my wife, so I thought about making an offer on her dynasty team to acquire Tyler Lockett. And she, I, I guess my fear is, like, what the hell are you? What the hell are you thinking? Trading, getting Tyler Lockett on my roster for me? What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Do you think I'm horrible at fantasy? That I need Tyler Lockett? Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I would be a little nervous. However, 
in the Carrington League, Dave, I'm actually regretting this decision. I ended up starting Lockett over Michael Gallup last uh, last night. What did Gallup end up doing? I don't even Six know. for 109. Yeah, well, yeah, so. yeah that's a, it's a good score. Yeah, he was my <laughs> he was my tiebreaker player for whatever it's worth. Final uh, <laughs> Very little. final question, Gary in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I swear I'm not drunk while writing you this email, but here goes. I think I'm going to start Sam Darnold over Drew Brees this week. Do you guys sign off on that move? Which brings us to this point, Dave, that you raised at the start of yeah, the show. Yeah, how you screwed me. Thanks. Well, we said we and, and, and last week's guest, who – why can I not think of who it was at this time? Um, it was um, – why can I not think of who we had on the show last I, week? I'm not very good at the names. No, I, I am good at the names, and I can't remember who we had. I'm going to look it up. Um, but, okay, you uh, – we, we said start Darnold over Brady. That did not work out. It did not. Now this week – we're talking about Darnold over um, Drew Brees. Yes. And uh, now how, how uh, Eric Sisson, by the way, was our guest last week, Mr. Pink Stripes. I don't know how I forgot that. Um, but we both said start Darnold over Brady. I am going to say I am signing off on this. Start Darnold over Brees. Sam Darnold this week has a prime matchup at home. facing the Dolphins at home. Drew Brees, not a prime matchup. He is at home. But against that 49ers defense, I'm I'm playing Darnold. Yeah, I I actually am going to go with Darnold. And the, the difference with Darnold this week is last week he was at Baltimore, I believe, right? Uh, no, oh, you know, he no, no, the, no. He was at the Bengals. Yeah. yeah, He was at the Bengals last week, and that was supposed to be a great matchup. But you know, play quarterbacks on the road, it's tougher. I mean, Brady was at Houston, but it's still Brady, the Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. Now Darnold's at home against, you know, the Swiss cheese defense of the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins, although I think in, in the, the Jets' defense kind of sucks too. So I think this game could turn into a shootout. I really do. Uh, I don't see that happening in the Saints game, and I, I actually could see that game being a lot lower scoring. The total on that Dolphins-Jets game is 46, Dave. The total on that 49ers-Saints game is actually at 44.5. So to your not that point. Much a, not that much of a difference. Though, really. Not much of a difference. And the other one is the more, uh, again, projected to be the more high-scoring game. New Orleans is a two-point favorite in that game as and well. And right here across ABC News, A.J. Klein, AJ Klein and Kiko Alonso are out for the Saints. A.J. Klein, do you know where he went to college? Florida State. Iowa State. No. But do you know where he went to high school? <laughs> um, somewhere in Wisconsin. Kimberly High School, right oh, yeah. down the road here. Kimberly, yeah. Yeah. It's a very good school for sports only. Uh, yes. And for dumb kids. Yes. Uh, no, no Who question. Who like to play sports. Yes, exactly. All right, that is going to do it for our show uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Certainly want to thank uh, our, uh, our guest tonight, Charles Ellison. Uh, appreciate him coming on 13th place in the Football Guys Players Championship. Thanks to Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, each and every one of you. I want to uh, just wish my mom a happy birthday. It's her birthday today. Oh, happy birthday to Balky's mom. Yes, happy birthday Eric to... Eric Bachman's mom. Yes, uh, Eric Bachman's mom celebrating a birthday today. And uh, Happy 39th. Yes. Yeah. We said 37 on the local show tonight. You know, you're 40. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Weird numbers. Paul Frill on the high stakes, uh, full, uh, high stakes uh, lowdown. So check that out. Rotoviz.com slash podcast. Garrett Lerner is going to be our guest next week on the show. 14th place owner in the FFPC main event. I uh, look forward to that. Your weekend, of course, starts This has now. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to-
trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Dave, uh, good show, as always, as we head into the second week of the uh, FFPC championship round. Um, It's first week. Yeah, I guess the next time we do this show, we will be heading into the second week of the championship round. Um, For uh, any any advice, final advice, that you want to give anybody who's in the championship round for the very first time? Um. Things that you want to do, things that I mean, you don't I, want I to do. I think start your studs. Don't overthink it. I mean, I really start your best players. and uh, Unless they're Drew Brees. Yeah. <laughs> the studs. Start the studs. Oh, Drew Brees isn't a stud anymore? Nope. You know what's funny about that is um, uh, Kurt and I actually had him in the Kentucky auction, and we yeah. dropped him when he got hurt early, oh, yeah. earlier in the year. Sure. And um, we picked up uh, Jacoby Brissett and uh, James Winston. Oh, We've yeah. been rolling since then. Dude, James, it's, the fact it's, that James is out there, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, so it, it's been really good uh, since then. Hopefully we can parlay that into a title. We'll see what happens. Hey, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. Hopefully the ball bounces your way.